Welcome to That's Marketing Baby, the weekly show where two marketing besties talk all things marketing in the world of B2B and B2C. I'm your co-host, Susan Winograd, and I've spent over 20 years in marketing focusing on paid media and email marketing. And I'm Jess Cook, copywriter and creative director turned content marketer. Every week, we'll tackle a topic that's on our minds and hopefully yours too. Ready? Let's go. That's Marketing Baby is brought to you by Aircule. Aircule is an agency that helps small content teams get control of their SEO, analytics, and content strategy. Susan and I have both worked with the Aircule team. They're amazing. They're super smart, and their free app, Atimo, tells you what content is performing, what isn't, and what to work on next. My favorite feature are knowing what pages are my wallflowers. These are pages with good engagement that aren't getting much traffic. Then I can figure out what to do next. Check it out at otimo.cool. That's O-T-T-I-M-O dot C-O-O-L. And now on to the show. Welcome, everybody. It is now episode 11 of That's Marketing Baby. I am here with my amazing co-host, Jess Cook. Say hi, Jess. Hello. Hello. Today, we are going to be talking about something that Interestingly, Jess and I have been talking a lot about independently, and we're finding that we're having the same topical conversations, obviously, in our respective areas of expertise. But it's just kind of funny that this has come to the forefront for us the past couple of weeks. So today we want to talk about demand generation versus demand capture and what that looks like in the content and paid media landscape, because we run into a lot of issues with companies that don't understand how these two things are different and how to do both of them effectively. So we thought that this might be a good time to check in on this and talk people through it. And I know, like, as I was starting out my career in marketing, like, it was confusing for me. So I think it might just be helpful just to talk through the nuances of each one, just for people who are still learning and growing. And what does each mean? And what kind of tactics and angles? And and what do you do for each? And how do they... Like, how do they help each other? Why are both necessary? Yes, I like this. So I think we should start with you on demand capture as it relates to content, because I'll cover off on the media piece, but without the content, there really isn't any, you can't really spend media. So <laughs> let's start with the demand capture, right? So we're, yes. we're going to start there and we'll start with the content part. All right. So demand capture, think of this as like, okay, I'm going to use a fishing analogy for both of these. Like demand capture is someone is already aware of the problem, but potentially not aware of your solution. So you're going to want to get very, very pointed in your content and actually have a very solution oriented approach to your content for something that you're doing for demand capture. For example, so, oh, and let, sorry, I have to finish my fishing analogy. This is like, you've got your, you know, you're in a very, I'm not a fisherman. I'm sorry. You're in a <laughs> I'm very, not I can't help you. <laughs> well-populated fishing lake and well-populated. <laughs> well-populated with fish that already know they're hungry. And you're just casting that line out there and you're reeling them in, right? So they know there's a problem and they are looking for a solution, but maybe don't know about yours specifically. So here are like some angles, you know, let's pretend these are like blog posts. Here's some angles that you could use for demand capture. I always like an example to like help my brain wrap itself around a concept. So something like 
top five hydration backpacks for trail runners, right? Your backpack should be one of those backpacks. <laughs> Best apps for monitoring your child's cell phone usage, right? And, you know, maybe if you are in the business of you have an app that helps people, you know, specifically block things on Instagram. I don't know, making this up. Like maybe you would have some, you know, other apps in the space, but maybe not direct competitors to you in that list as well. The $7 bronzer taking over TikTok, right? Uh, you see a lot of these kind of like BuzzFeed articles that are like, oh, there's this one thing that's really popular and we're going to tell you why it's so great and how to use it, right? So those again are very good examples of like someone out there is looking for a hydration backpack. Someone out there is looking for a way to protect their kid on the cell phone. Someone out there is like interested in being able to contour or whatever. They just don't know about your product. So you're trying to get it in front of them in a way that they're already looking for. Yes. And that's kind of where the media side picks up. And this is really what paid search is for more than anything, assuming that it's you know, these are things that people search for. You're just capturing people that are already looking for a solution or they are already actively seeking to try and solve a problem. This is also why paid search tends to be fairly expensive on a, a cost per click basis because they are people that are ready to make a decision usually or they are evaluating their options. So every provider wants to be there for that, right? They want to make sure that they are in that buying cycle. And typically when someone is searching, they are fairly far into the buying process. When you look at it from a total amount of time perspective, they're problem aware, they're actively trying to start solving it. So this is really where you see a lot of the expensiveness come in with paid search. And this is especially true in B2B. Uh, there's very, very high cost per clicks there generally, because there's few competitors. They're usually worth a lot of money to, you know, it's like, because you're doing annual contracts and that kind of thing. So they're willing to pay decently high CPCs to get that person when they're at that buying point in the funnel. I see a lot of B2B really overly rely on paid search sometimes, which we'll get to when we start talking about generation. But this is usually demand capture. It's you're just kind of going around and picking up what people are already searching for and just inserting yourself, you know, into that those final decision making. Yeah, exactly. Typically, these people are a little further down the funnel, right? They're like, their mm -hmm. intent is higher because they're already problem aware. I was just about to ask you, like, what kind of content do you find works? I don't know if I want to say works best, but lends itself more to capture as opposed to generation. Yeah. This is actually where like listicles work great. Mm -hmm. This is where like maybe even some PR is actually kind of nice because like if you can get yourself into the Allure Beauty Awards, right? Or the like G2, you know, best of this year tools, right? Those are the kinds of things where like people are already looking for that type of solution and you're going to be like listed among the best or that's going to be a place they go and look when they are close to purchase, right? They're considering buying whatever it is that you're offering. So things like that are like a really smart approach. This is also where like, you know, okay, we're going back to software at this point, but like showing product abstractions or screenshots might draw someone in and you're solving like the problem they know they already have kind of in that 
view inside okay. of your software, right? So like, again, think about someone who knows they have a problem, is looking for a solution, and you're just ha- you just happen to be showing them a solution they didn't know about. Like, what would they want to see and know? And, oh, they're going to want to know that, you know, other people use it. It's, you know, one of the best out there. It uh, has a following. They might want to see kind of how it works, right? So again, just kind of think about where they're at mindset wise, like they're ready to purchase. What information do they need to know? And that's going to kind of give you the best bet for like, what am I going to create content around? I think also it's worth noting here that the distribution piece of this also, this is where you're going to see these things pop up like in your email content because that's a captive audience. And then also this is what we use a lot in remarketing because we know if they've already been to the site and they're already familiar with problem and or the company, things like you mentioned exactly like the PR or the best of or, you know, this is how we solve that problem super relevant for people that have already gotten a taste of the brand at least. So they're familiar with you. But that's a lot of times you'll see when remarketing is run, it's usually testimonials. It's things that are very pointed and specific that are there to help you make buying decisions as opposed to just like general information. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to demand generation. Because this is really where I feel like a lot of companies fall down. (laughs) Yeah. And I think some of it's just, there's an awareness piece of what it needs to be. And I think the other thing that's very hard is it's a lot harder to measure what it's doing and it takes so much longer. So people just kind of default to capturing demand because it's really easy to be like, we created this and it generated this many, you know, demos or leads or customers or whatever. And demand gen doesn't do that because it starts so much further out in the process. So let's, let's talk about that piece. And what that looks like from the content side, because I feel like that's where content has to do so much heavy lifting, like sometimes even more so than the demand capture, because it's like demand capture. It's like you said, you kind of know the problems and you're just you're able to kind of create and sell the product with demand gen, you're having to address the problems way far out before the user might even think it's a problem. And to me, that personally seems so much harder. So I'd love to hear your take about the content piece of demand gen. Yeah, I think your point about this is a much longer term play is spot on. You know, there's going to be a point when you kind of run low on people who know about the problem, mm-hmm. right? Like that that's a much smaller pool of fish, if you will. Yes. And there's this larger pool of fish who like, I don't know, they're they're having a good time swimming. They don't even know they're hungry, right? Like <laughs> In your well-populated pond. (laughs) In my (laughs) well-populated pond. So you have to remind them. And so there's kind of a, this is like something that has stuck in my head since my very, very early days as a copywriter. Creative director once told me, you have to come at an idea from a side door. And I think if you think about demand gen in that way, it helps me to kind of like realize that's what it's all about, right? You're not coming in through the front door where it's like, here's a thing you are that will solve the problem you have that you know you have. Demand gen is about like, you don't know you have the problem potentially, you don't even know it's a problem. And so I'm going to kind of give you like a side door, I'm going to give you solution adjacent content to help you realize it. So okay, here are some examples that kind of ladder back to the three that we talked about in the demand capture side that are great examples for let's say a blog post for demand gen. So instead of top five hydration backpacks for trail runners, for Demand gen, you might say, how much fluid should you consume on your long runs? Mm-hmm. Right? The idea is like, probably a lot. Hey, you might even want a backpack to do that with. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Side door. <laughs> yeah. Instead of best apps for monitoring your child's cell phone usage, how about a parent's guide to putting social media apps in safe mode? 
Mm-hmm. So you're going into social media app itself. You're learning which things to toggle on and off. And once we've told you how to do that for every single app that your child might have, hey, we're also going to offer up, did you know that there's software out there that can do this for you automatically? You might imagine that. that. <laughs> Side door. <laughs> and instead of the $7 browns are taking over TikTok, maybe how to contour like a Kardashian, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, hey, here's this like process that like all the most glamorous ladies on the TikToks are doing. And hey... <laughs> Here's a really good bronzer to do it with, right? Side door. So you're always trying to find kind of like a roundabout way to get to them to really understand like, hey, you didn't know you had this problem, but you do. And here's a solution. Mm -hmm. And I think so from the media perspective, the first thing you said before those examples that I think is really important is that the demand capture pool will stay the same size unless you grow the generation side, right? Yes. And that's... The thing that I run into a lot with Google ads is places are like, well, we want to spend more because look at all these conversions. I'm like, yes, but you can't, they don't just come out of thin air, right? It's like, just because you tell Google, like, here, I'm going to double my budget. It doesn't just double the number of conversions because there's not enough people searching. So on the demand gen side, I feel like this is where so many companies struggle because they make this content. And they don't see the value in promoting it because they're still tying it to like that bottom line. It's like, well, they, but they didn't request a demo. And it's like, that doesn't mean that it's not necessary (laughs) to get this in front of people. Right. Yeah. And this is one of the ways that I have told clients a lot that they can use LinkedIn. Well, is that you can do content promotion on LinkedIn for relatively cheap, but the benefit of it is that you are then filling your remarketing audiences with the people, you know, you want right? Because especially, you know, in in B2B, when you create something that's hyper specific to these roles, no one's clicking on that unless they're in that role, right? Like if it's, you know, ransomware or something or another for enterprise level, like your average user is not clicking on that unless they're the right person. Yep. So I've always sort of positioned the demand generation side as like you're a heat seeking missile trying to find your right people, right? And you want to make sure that those are the people that you're driving to your site that you're trying to get to opt in. Like the whole idea with the demand generation side is to A, stay in front of them as frequently as possible and provide value, but B, see if you can't entice them into interacting with you in other ways, whether it's they decide to start listening to your podcast or they decide to opt into email or they decide to, you know, show up to a webinar or whatever. It's like, how can you take that one piece of content, show them that you provide value and then get them to engage with you in other ways? So you're not always having to rely on the cost associated with paid media to do that. Yeah. And I think that's the part that I work the most with companies on. Like, I feel like they bring me in a lot to say, look at our paid media and tell us what we're doing wrong. And a lot of times it's not necessarily a paid media problem. It's how they're measuring everything, right? It's like, they're just like, well, Google ads is great and LinkedIn sucks. And I'm like, but they don't do the same thing and they don't (laughs) play the same role and they're not good at the same things, right? Like you can't create demand on Google searches. It's hard to, you know, it's like, I mean, there's exceptions, of course, but by and large, you're creating demand with content that's like conversational, like water cooler talk about stuff that is not far down the funnel. And it's very soft metrics world. And that makes a lot of brands very uncomfortable. They don't like taking they're like, here's my media money, I got to see something come back out of it, which is kind of funny. Like there's this expectation on it that like, they don't really put on other types of media that they spend money on. So it's always interesting that they're like, well, I'm putting it in this platform. And it's telling me how many impressions I'm getting. So I got to get something right. So I think that's the other piece with demand generation is you have to change the way that you measure success with it. Because if you try and 
hold it to the same stats that you see demand capture, you won't do it. That's what I run into. I run into so many companies who are like, well, we did this stuff on LinkedIn and nothing happened. So we stopped doing it. And I'm like, okay. And let me guess, you have not grown <laughs> because yeah. you're not creating any more demand. Yeah. So it's this self-sustaining ecosystem that I feel like a lot of like long-term B2B sales, it's like they just... They kind of get it, but they're just not comfortable with it. So they just don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. I think too, like if you think about it in terms of weight, right? Like if the capture audience is smaller, you should probably be putting less attention, less time, a little less budget over there. If the demand side is going to be larger and it's going to feed that capture, Mm -hmm. like then you need to be putting the appropriate amount of budget, time, effort, people against it, right? And and I think it's I think it's usually flipped at so many companies because the faster route to a lead is definitely capture, but the faster route to growth is demand gen and people kind of forget that. So I I think that's something that's really, really important to think about. I think too, the possibilities in terms of content are much larger on the demand side, on the demand gen side. Yes. So I mean, like calculators are great for this, right? Like going back to one of these examples, like let's calculate how much fluid you should consume. How long Mm -hmm. do you run? How hot is it outside? How much do you weigh? How far, you know, how far are you going kind of thing? Okay, now I'm going to calculate it. Oh, you need this many ounces. Hey, what would be perfect for you is we've got that exact ounces of backpack but over wait, here, right? More. Exactly, right? <laughs> and you can tie those things in. So I think, you know, guides are great for this. Podcasts are awesome for this. Anything, you know, this is a lot of like thought leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're getting someone to think a little bit differently about something, maybe change some preconceived notions they had to like tilt them in the direction of the thing that you are creating or the process of your product or whatever the case is. But this is really where I think a lot of the rich content stuff lies. Is I in, totally is agree. In demand gen. I totally agree. And it's funny when you said like there's so how it's flipped that there's so much attention on bottom of funnel. Like that's the thing that I run into so much is that you know, I'll be asked to do an audit. And it's like, I'll audit Google ads, and they're upset that my recommendation is not to add more keywords. And I'm like, that doesn't, you know, it's like, they just think that there's just like the silver bullet, or there is still blood they can squeeze from this stone. And I'm like, no, it is tapped out. Yeah, (laughs) there's it does not matter. It's like, yes, you could spend a bunch more money, but like, you're not going to get anything for it. And there's just sometimes this ongoing denial about the fact that there aren't ways to expand that without going further up funnel and starting to deal with metrics that you're less comfortable with, right? It's yeah. it's like you have to be willing to do that. And I think that's the hardest part really for most companies is yeah. they're just like, but surely, surely there's one or more, two more conversions in there. And I'm like, look, for all the time you're going to spend fussing with bids, fussing with keywords, all of that stuff, it's like take that energy and create stuff that goes out and finds and attracts the right people as opposed to just waiting for them to show up on your doorstep. Totally. Here's another thing you can look at too is like, hey, maybe this like listicle thing blog post you had was like a top performer for a while. And now it's starting to kind of level off. Like it might not be the blog post's fault. It might Mm -hmm. be that you aren't creating enough, generating enough demand over here to drive people down the funnel and over to that demand capture blog post, right? So that's another thing to look at. If there are demand capture pieces of content where the performance is starting to wane, Mm -hmm. it might not be the piece of content itself. It might be the work you're doing on the demand gen side is not enough to drive people down and into that piece. It's so true. I just, it's so funny you say this because I just had this conversation with a brand like a week or two ago where they're very big on organic content, which 
is fine. But the thing is, it's like there's this whole missing gap about like thought leadership positions and reacting to things that are happening in their sphere. And when I asked why they don't do more of that, the answer is like, well, if we're going to take the time to make content, it has to serve us for years. So like when it ranks on Google, it'll serve us forever. And I'm like, but so you're just not going to be relevant, like, but that makes you not relevant. You right. know I mean? So it's kind of like, great, this thing that you wrote, it will show and will rank high in Google for the next three years. But three years from now, it's like people are thinking about other stuff, right? Yes. It's like, that's great for evergreen stuff. But there's all this stuff happening in your industry, like weekly, and you're not commenting on any of it. And it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg to make a really great post about it, and then promote it. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's this perception that content should just be like this organic magnet. It's like no, no, no social (laughs) platform has been that way for years. Yeah. But there's still kind of this expectation that they shouldn't have to pay for that stuff. And it's just funny to see. Yeah. So I think that kind of captures the, the, I would say one more thing. Yeah. I have one more, one more thing to add. I think make sure, and and maybe we've already kind of said this, but I want to make sure it's like very clear. You need content on both sides of this coin. Yeah. You need media on both sides of this coin and they have to be working together. And again, like the weight of those things should be parallel to the weight of like how people are coming into your business, right? Mm -hmm. So again, just take a look at that. Make sure you have something along that same storyline of the story is X. We have a great demand capture, you know, set of content around that. We have a great demand gen set of content around that. We're covered. All right, let's move on to the next thing, right? So I think just keep that in mind as like you're building out your strategies and you're building your pillars and your content and media plan. Like it all has to work together. You, You have to have both to keep the engine running. Yes. Amen. <laughs> preach. <laughs> I preach. Well put. Okay. So I think we have captured everything with capturing and demand gen. Um, yeah. Hot topic. Mom joke. So I think that does it for this week. That's it. That's, that's marketing, marketing, baby. <laughs> and yeah, we will see y'all next week. And I hope it's a good day. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of That's Marketing, Baby. Like what you heard? Please give us some love with a review. And don't forget to hop into our community list at thatsmarketingbaby.com to get more helpful tips, resources, and thoughts from us. See you next week.